This Autoconverse podcast is brought to you in part by Acorns, Grow Your Oak. Acorns helps you grow your money. In under five minutes, get investment accounts for you and your family, plus retirement, checking, ways to earn more money, and grow your knowledge. Take control with all-in-one investment, retirement, checking, and more. Just $1, $3, or $5 a month. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com acorns. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash acorns. From Acorns, Mighty Oaks do grow. So a list has come out of the top 10 celebrities that have the most CO2 emissions, and you'll never guess who's the first one. At number 10, we got Travis Scott. It's lit. At number 9, we got your girl Oprah. Check under your seat. There's a private jet. At number 8, Mr. Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg. At number 7, Kim K. Director, Steven Spielberg at number 6. Number 5 is Blake Schilling. Coming in swinging at number 4, it's A-Rod. At number three, it's Hove, Jay-Z. Number two is Floyd Mayweather. And at number one, it's singer and sometimes activist who loves to talk about how horrific climate change is, Taylor Swift. That was YouTube creator Amala Ekwinobi responding to a new study that reveals 10 celebrities who released the most CO2 emissions from their private jets. Taylor Swift was named number one, but her team says it's because she rents out her jet when she's not using it. So I guess that gets Miss Swift off the list, right? But what about this climate crisis that we are in? From Autoburst Media, this is Autoconvert. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. All right, and welcome to this episode of the Autoconverse podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I am Ryan Girardi. Great, as always, to be here with you. The aforementioned study was conducted by Yard, a marketing and analytics agency, by compiling data from the Celebrity Jet's Twitter page, which tracks celebrity jet usage. It found that the amount celebrities contributed to CO2 emissions through private jet usage was over 482 times more than the average person's annual emissions. One survey by the Department of Transport in the UK found that about 15% of people take 70% of all flights in Great Britain. Now, Yard is aware that this list is not conclusive to the world's biggest offenders, only the biggest offenders according to the data that is presented on the Celebrity Jet's Twitter page. And Yard is also aware that this data is based on these celebrities' planes, and whilst there's no way to determine if these celebrities were all on the recorded flights, the purpose of the study is to highlight the damaging impact of private jet usage. But does that really matter? Should these celebrities feel guilty about their private jet ownership? That's for you to decide, but I wanted to use this as an opportunity to declare our focus here on the podcast around energy and sustainability. We've been keeping an eye on the development of things such as battery electric vehicle technology, blockchain mining, which are both taxing on the environment, but we have not put much attention on things like ESG, carbon credits, and carbon neutrality. What is ESG, you ask? Well, chances are you've noticed that many large companies have decided to become woke activists, despite the fact that alienating half your customer base is a terrible business strategy. Hello, Disney. 
This woke shift isn't being driven by the usual market forces, though. It is the Great Reset, or World Economic Forum's ESG score system at work. Under the Environmental, Social, and Governance score system, that's ESG, companies will no longer make decisions based on what you, the consumer, want. Now it is all about what those in power deem society should want. And they've decided that we have a climate crisis and that we should all act accordingly to their plan. But before we get into all that, how about some headlines? Okay, the average price of regular grade gasoline in the U.S. plunged 32 cents in late July to 4.54 per gallon. The average price at the pump is down 55 cents over the previous six weeks, but it is still $1.32 higher than it was a year ago. Nationwide, the highest average price for regular gas was in Los Angeles at 5.65 per gallon, and the lowest average was in Baton Rouge at 3.90 per gallon. So basically, prices have fallen a little more than 10% since hitting a record last month and are on a 35-day slide, which is the longest run of decline since April of 2020. A little sigh of relief there for gas guzzlers. Meanwhile, in automotive news, automakers posted strong quarterly sales results, even as they deal with shuttered factories in the face of a worldwide shortage of microchips, which we'll address in a moment. They're learning a lesson from the experience that may not be good for car shoppers. It is better not to build so many cars, so you can charge more for the ones that you do build. Now, a couple episodes back, we reported that GM CEO Mary Barra said in a conference call, we'll never go back to the level of inventories that we held pre-pandemic because we learned we can be much more efficient. It is better for the car company and better for the dealer, she said, but noticeably she left out the shopper. Well, let's add to that. I just mentioned the World Economic Forum, who now says it is time to look beyond private vehicle ownership. The WEEF published a paper calling for the end of quote-unquote wasteful private car ownership and it argued that communal sharing of cars would lessen global demand for precious metals and fossil fuels. And going back to the chip shortage, Congress has now passed the CHIPS Act, a day after the Senate passed it in a bipartisan vote. The centerpiece of the bill is a $52.7 billion subsidy for U.S. computer chip manufacturing. It also creates a 25% tax credit for semiconductor manufacturing, and it earmarks $1.5 billion for technology development for U.S. firms dependent on foreign telecommunications and appropriates $10 billion for the Department of Commerce to create 20 regional hubs. And not to be left out from any of this, Tesla's partnership with Hertz has expanded to 16 new cities, including Boston, Las Vegas, New York City, Philadelphia, and San Diego, among others. Tesla and Hertz struck a non-signed deal late last year that would see 100,000 all-electric vehicles from the Elon Musk-headed company make their way to the rental agency. And since then, Tesla has been fulfilling orders for the Model 3 and Model Y vehicles for several months. In January, a statement to Tesla Rati, Hertz confirmed it was receiving Model 3 units. Hertz also clarified that the Model Ys were included in the original order and the 100,000 cars were not specifically Model 3 units. In the aviation and aerospace, JetBlue 
is officially taking over Spirit, which will create the country's fifth largest airline. The takeover agreement faces scrutiny from the Justice Department, but the deal was announced after Sprint and Frontier ended their merger agreement on Wednesday. SpaceX launches SES-22 satellite to provide better communications in the U.S. It will deliver TV and radio to millions of American homes and provide other critical data transmission services. SES-22 is expected to start operations in early August 2022. Not to be left out, Amazon is stepping up plans for its proposed fleet of internet satellites that would compete with the service operated by SpaceX. Buying dozens of space launches and three rocket companies. Amazon's project, Kuiper, if I say that correctly, is said to have secured up to 83 planned launches that would ferry satellites to orbit over a five-year stretch. The Amazon unit has not set up any satellites yet, though it has said it will have two prototypes launched sometime in 2022. Amazon's new planned launches depend on larger rockets still under development that must show they can fly as expected. Coming up... 23 million data points, that's a lot of customers inputting their, it wasn't real data from real customers, but it's, it was example um, usage of data points. So their rental history uploaded, um, uh, connecting their bank accounts, connecting, uploading statements, connecting their assets, uh, anything that would uh, be able for us to assess them and get a true picture of their true ability to pay a loan. Hey dad, are you still looking for a car? Did you know that when you click on car ads, dealers pay for every click? But shouldn't you get paid? After all, you're the one clicking. That's why I use Ask Auto. With Ask Auto, you build rewards as you shop. Plus, Ask Auto recommends exclusive offers based on your needs. You can ask questions on cars you like and still protect your personal information. You can even set your price. Who knew car shopping could be so easy and rewarding? Ask Auto, fast, fun, and rewarding car shopping. You know, I think the last couple of years have really shown people that easy times are not guaranteed. I know we were coming off of like a really, what I would consider like nationally a pretty easy run. It was, it was easy to, to, you know, to put up a shingle and, and set up shop and get things going and, and experience some success. Um, and the last couple of years really rocked that. And just prior to that, you know, most of us can remember what, what things were like in 2007 and 2008. And some of us even can remember what it was like in 99, <laughs> you know, and around that time, if, if you've been in business long enough. And I, I think it's really important to remind, especially the up and coming generations of entrepreneurs and marketers, um, that adversity is going to be there. And it's going to, we, we've learned that it's going to show up in a bunch of different ways. And, and the more you can prepare yourself mentally for that adversity, the better you situate yourself for capitalizing on successful moments when they arise. It's, it's metaphorical death, you know, yeah. but then you, you have to face that and you have to say to yourself, okay, how do we fix this? How do we, how do we make ourselves okay with that catastrophic failure?
That was Jeremiah Fox during B2B Hour on autoconversion. Our company blog and website, not to be confused with autoconverse.com, our mobility tech and connectivity blog and podcast that you are listening to. Jeremiah is a New York City restaurant owner and also a practitioner of jujitsu. And in that clip, he was offering some mindset tips for dealing with adversity. You can visit Jeremiah on the web by going to entrepreneurialwebradio.com. Have you set out to finance a car recently? Did it seem like there were not many options? Or maybe the options presented to you were not really that different? Well, Plenzi is a revolutionary, patent-pending, decentralized finance lending point system that has set out to transform the traditional financial ecosystem from the current loan processing methodology by offering lending services through the Plenzi platform. So what is Plenzi? Well, it's an entirely unique tokenized blockchain method that removes a traditional way of utilizing a borrower's credit score to evaluate their potential. Call it an NFT auto smart loan. Well, Brandy Kalaski is the chief growth officer for Plenzi, and she's on a mission to transform the traditional financial ecosystem with her company's DeFi lending point system. So after this quick break, I will play my conversation with Brandy from the MTC show back in March. Stay tuned. Hey folks, thanks again for tuning in to the AutoConverse podcast. Want to let you know that some of the information we share in this podcast comes from Morning Brew, the free business newsletter landing in your inbox every morning. Get the daily email that makes reading the news actually enjoyable and support AutoConverse by using our referral link in the show notes or simply go to autoconverse.com forward slash brew. We'll send you to the sign up page. You can sign up for free and we will get credit for it. Stay informed and entertained for free with Morning Brew. Brandy, I hope you're ready. I'm going to bring you on stage. Bada boom, bada bing. There she is. Well, let's spend about five minutes here just because I'm a little, I did kind of push us behind, but uh, let's just focus on why you're here. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll preface that folks by saying Brandy was on the show last year. Gosh, it was probably about a year ago mm-hmm. uh, when you really had first started introducing Plenzi to the world. Plenzi, yes. uh, folks, is a new le- auto lending solution on blockchain, on blockchain technology. Uh, but that's not necessarily what itself makes it um, novel. It's what it's what Plenzi's doing in the space. But it's a patent pending AI uh, technology. It's called uh, points based lending system. Is what the acronym is of Plenzi, and we basically. Are expanding the market marketplace, diversifying risks uh, for both the dealership and the uh, consumers uh, with a new credit scoring and lending model, uh, applying NFTs to vehicles, calling them auto smart loans. Uh, we are recently, this is new news, you haven't heard Ryan, but we tested 3.3 million data points um, into our AI algorithm of what potential consumers would be putting in to for their new credit scoring or lending points model and we had a 97 percent efficacy rate which was um kind of out of this world yeah 
let's pick that apart a little bit because we have a smart audience and they actually uh, like to get into the granular aspect of things. So mm-hmm. let's start with the 3.3 million data points. Mm-hmm. What Explain in layman terms what that means for the consumer. So for instance, now 3.3 million data points, that's a lot of customers inputting in their, it's, it wasn't real data from real customers, but it's, it was example um, usage of data points. So their rental history uploaded, um, uh, connecting their bank accounts, connecting, uploading statements, connecting their assets, uh, anything that would uh, be able for us to assess them and get a true picture of their true ability to pay a loan. Is big, I mean, big data, big data is kind of the term, mm-hmm. is that the term for that, right? It's, it's, yes. it's, it's interpreting, analyzing and, and, and letting machines make decisions, the right decisions and smart decisions mm-hmm. off of these data points. Exactly. Like spiders through all the data, basically. It's like a spider and it just kind of gets certain things it needs in a certain little web. <laughs> and now when you say efficacy rate, 97% efficacy, what does that entail? <laughs> Meaning that the data that was pulled, our AI was able to assess it and provide that the person's ability or all these people's ability were able to pay the loan back based off of what their current buying power is. Okay. So does that mean 97% of people that- That uh, we pulled in data, it, it gave us an accuracy, like it- accurately scored them 97%. Okay. So it's not like you issued lending to 97% of No, we haven't gotten, no, we're capital raising. So we haven't lent yet, but this would be, we would be able to lend to these um, 97% of the 3.3 million because of that. And I'm going to bring back this, this screen here because you, as as you know, you're, I I don't know why the audio wouldn't come through it. it, The audio should come through, but no, I couldn't Mm -hmm. hear it either. Um, you're using WeFunder, uh, to raise capital and, uh, and what's the goal here with WeFunder? So WeFunder is a equity crowdfunding platform. Uh, it's a minimum of a hundred dollars to invest with right now. We're, we're raising 50,000. And then once we hit that goal marker, we'll raise up to 500,000. But basically we went to, we went to, I'm going to get a little nitty gritty here. We went to venture capital firms. And they would all say, oh, my gosh, we love this business model. But they didn't have enough experts on their investment analyst team to be able to stamp all the areas that we fall into. They had a blockchain expert or a crypto expert. And they're like, you know, they could stamp that. But there's not a lot of VC firms that also have experts in auto lending or the automotive industry specifically. It's very hard to raise capital with in this in this space that we've niched here Mm -hmm. and so we thought that the people that are having the problem and which with which is with their credit scoring or getting a car loan we should go to them and have them be a part of building the company and owning a part of the company and that's what we under allows for anybody unaccredited to be able to invest i admire that you know there's such a division between uh, corporations and consumers. And I think we're at the epitome. We're at the, the pinnacle of what that means for, for society is, 
you know, it's, it, it's just crazy. It's like all this money is just rising to the top. Um, mm-hmm. But what you're saying here is, Hey, you know, Hey, you have a chance to invest here into a company that you might, you know, might, will end up getting loans from and the mm-hmm. success of this company is going to come back to you because you were an early investor. That's really nice. Exactly. Exactly. So you're, um, you're basically gaining buying power by using our platform and investing in it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you look at like models like uh, Amway, which are often coughed up as uh, pyramid schemes, which yeah. I'm convinced now were actually is actually a label that corporations came up with to as a smokescreen so that people didn't realize that corporations were the actual pyramid schemes, because anytime you can earn money by referring business uh, and and buying the product to me that's not a pyramid scheme. That's, that sounds like a good Mm co-op to me. I mean, a business has to make money and it takes money to make money. So, you know, it's not like a business shouldn't try to profit and make money. That's how you grow and provide better services. I think that the, just the big dogs saw that people were becoming more wealthy and they, they want to keep that, um, that financial gap. Well, this, this is very cool. And, you know, it's funny. We're, again, we, we had you on a year ago, first introducing yeah. this and, you know, now you're raising capital, you got the technology built. So, you know, let's, um, let's be sure to just keep you back up here and keep us posted, uh, on progress and, and, uh, and development of the, of the, of the solution. This is great. All right, that is a wrap for this episode. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. Be sure to text the keyword AutoConverse to 855-766-7585. We will send you a link to get subscribed to our YouTube channel, which will allow you to tune into the live show or at least access the archives because once our live show goes off the air, we actually unlist the video. So you have to have the link to view any replays. And these podcasts, as you have come to learn, are recorded on the live MTC show. If you are a Doge holder, well, to the moon, investors played it cautious ahead of yesterday's jobs report with the major indexes closing out the day, more or less where they started. And Coinbase kept its rally going after it announced a partnership with BlackRock, the largest asset manager in the world. Even though Coinbase stock has gained 60% over the last month, it is still down 65% for the entire year. More on the Coinbase BlackRock partnership in future episodes. As of today, Dogecoin stands at just above seven cents, a one and a half percent drop from last week. Take care, everyone. To the moon. This is Audiburst Media.